May the road rise up to meet your wheels. That's a lovely turn of phrase. Thank you. My dharma is the road. Your dharma. Well, hello, and welcome back to A Damn Fine Podcast. This is the podcast that has now revisited and reanalyzed the original Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks The Return, and is about to dive into Twin Peaks, the final dossier. I'm Tom Merritt, and with me, of course, is Ron Richards. Hey, Tom, congratulations on one year of Twin Peaks podcasting. Happy anniversary. Can you believe it was only a year ago? It, we feels, it feels like a lifetime ago after watching three, season one, season two, Firewalk with me, the return, the secret history, and now the final dossier. It has been a journey. Yeah, I mean, for I, I, part of it is because we thought the idea up so many years before we even knew when it was going to air. And and actually, we weren't sure when this was going to start airing when we started recording uh, because we didn't have a release date for the Showtime show yet. Yeah, yeah, so. Oh, it's crazy. Well, uh, to, to properly help us celebrate the one-year anniversary and talk about the final dossier, Connell Kilpatrick is back. Connor Kilpatrick. I will pronounce your name correctly. How's it going? That's okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, quick quick tip for podcasters, uh, would-be podcasters, don't reach for the water as you're about to be introduced. <laughs> We've all made that mistake. Don't worry. You're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I have a sixth sense, Connor, and I know when a guest is reaching for a drink. So. You see, it, Tom's mispronouncing of your name was trying to help you give enough time to drink. I was, I was like, then, oh, yeah. oh, oh, crap, he's drinking water. Give him more time. Um, I'm very excited, though. Uh, you know, I've been a, on your journey as well. Yeah. I, as, I've been on the show, but I've listened to every episode. And, and uh, you know, I'm very excited to talk about this book as, as this wraps. I, my question before we start for you guys is, did over the course of this year, did you answer the question how much Twin Peaks is too much Twin Peaks? No. I will admit I came close. I could see I that answer around the corner, but luckily I never turned the corner. I I definitely I definitely had my my thoughts of whether I was still in Twin Peaks a couple of times. <laughs> I wondered I what year it was a couple of times, but yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, but Looking, I always just wanted more Twin Peaks, though. Looking back on the return, it ended like, I don't know if I could have taken another week of that show. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved wow, it. Really? I, but it was it, it was it was it was mentally it was draining. It was, it was draining. draining. Yeah, yeah, it was. So. I mean, part of it was because we were adding on top of it like and immediately afterwards, yeah. try to process everything that an incredibly complex filmmaker has done in an obtuse way. For an hour, and, uh, you and know. try to and try to speculate and answer questions of speculation, and it's funny because I really wonder if there was some. So we're talking about Twin Peaks: The Final Dossier, which is the which is the follow up novel by Mark Frost that re- that came out on October thirty first, twenty seventeen, which was roughly a little less than two months after the return ended, right? Yeah. And and. It, it it struck me as I was reading this that I because I, this is a great bookend and, and this is why we're going to talk about it because like but having this book during the return like if they had released chapters on a weekly mm. basis I wonder how much of the speculation we would not have done because we would have had the answers because they're all here in the final dossier. That's an interesting thought. I don't right. know if it timed out if it would time out that well. Though. They could have. They could have taken. They could have reorganized these chapters and released them like a couple of days after the episode. Like, I, I don't know. And like, so the thing that struck me while reading this book was 
we talked a lot about during Twin Peaks The Return about how David Lynch is going to ask a lot of questions and you're not going to get a lot of answers. And after reading this book, I was like, yeah, but Mark Frost will. <laughs> yeah. But well, let, me, let me challenge you there for yeah. a second, because as we know, and you guys mentioned this, I think, on the last episode, uh, the from that AMA on Reddit with the executive producer, nobody but Mark Frost has read these books involved with the show. <laughs> yeah. So, well, no, no. The, the producer on the AMA said that Dave, she, she knew for a fact that David Lynch had not read them. And she hadn't read them either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, um, <laughs> so is it, this is a, you know, uh, this is a situation where I think Ron, we have to fall back on the old axiom that we created is create your own continuity. Yeah. Um, are these books officially continuity? Uh, maybe. I don't. I mean, they've got they are until Lynch puts out another episode and contradicts one of them. Well, well. So that that to to your question to to your point though, Connor, I got to wonder is so the secret history. I feel as if served a purpose because it brought us back to Twin Peaks and it it kind of um, prequelized them to a certain degree in that it it told a bunch of stories that we all thought was going to be picked up on in the in the return and turns out only one of them was really picked up on with with major briggs right and right. there was a whole bunch of other stuff in there and there were little hints there was the the you know the 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 um the the trash hobos and things like that there were little tie-ins to it but all of uh, the secret history was pretty thick and there was a whole lot of fluff in there right yeah. but and so but well, well you gotta you gotta assume that lynch wouldn't be delving into the the, the early history of lewis sure. and clark <laughs> I really wish. They would. I mean, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and so when we got the final dossier, when we got the book in our hands, I think Connor, you were the first person to to talk to me about it, and and your first reaction was, "Wow, that's thin." Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, the, the secret history was thick. I remember <laughs> it took it took all of us a long time to read it because it was it was thick with content. It had historical artifacts you had to, to read. It was yeah. yeah. It was and it was a lot of small print. Um, so we were we made the same preparations for this one, and I remember the sort of the the canaries in the coal mines who got it first were like, "It's really thin." All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got it, I was actually surprised, even even expecting it to be thin, how thin it was. I think I read it um, in about eight hours, and that wasn't even trying real hard. I it was yeah. funny. It was funny because we we were like, "Oh, we've got to read it." And Tom, you and I, like, one of the reasons why we're here a couple of weeks after the book <laughs> came out is because we're busy and all these sort of stuff. And I was the last one to finish reading it, and I thought I'd be like, I thought Connor was the first one, but Tom, you finished it very quickly. I well, okay. So I tell Ron. Ron's like, we we should record our final dossier ep- episode sometime before the end of November. And I tell Ron, all right, I'll try to read it. I'm a really slow reader, which is absolutely true. Like, I struggle to finish our Sword and Laser books for the Sword and Laser book club that I'm in every month. And I have to keep reading those, plus read this. So I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about the you know the the uh, secret history and i'm like okay I'll, I'll do my best you know i might not make it i'll try i get this thing and i start laughing at how thin it is i'm like okay i'll be able to finish this by november i, I think i started it on a thursday night and finished it saturday morning like yeah. it was it, it was go, ridiculous it goes quick and it's and, a fast read and I, I want i really wonder because it's so so to those who read the secret history um the final dossier is written is is quote unquote written i mean it's written by mark frost but it's written in the voice of 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 Tama, uh, Tamara, 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 yeah, Tammy Tam- Preston, Tamara Preston, who was played by Tamara, what, uh, Tamara. what's her name? Uh, I forget the actress's name. I'm sorry, I'm blanking. But was on the return, right? And yeah. the, the premise, the premise She's is a singer. Yeah, the the premise is is that she stays in Twin Peaks a couple of days after the return ends, 
and ties up all the loose loose ends, and this is the final dossier on Twin Peaks that she's delivering to Gordon Cole. So that's the premise, right? She did a lot of writing in those two days, or however many days she stayed. Like that's a, that's a Krista Bell, Krista Bell, Krista Bell. There it is. So, um, so, so that's the premise, and then the well, idea is that she's credited as Tammy Preston. The book yeah. is Tamara Preston. <gasps> Two different people. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> alternate, um, alternate Prestons. But so she, um, and so she, she's written it as a series of like in in the book. There's like little folders of each kind of dossier on each character, but it it definitely reads like a narrative, right? Well, it, yeah, she you, she strays like a, a yeah. chapter on. Um, I'm just gonna make up a name because I don't remember. Like uh, Doctor Jacoby ends up talking yeah. about five different characters, and if I'm her 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 boss, I'm like. Tammy, tighten it up. Stay on focus. Yeah, stay on topic here. Yeah. It's just a report. It doesn't need to be entertaining. You're but, not but, writing a novel, Tammy. But, so yeah, so it's written in a way that you read it from page one to the last page. And I want going back to my other question. It would have been interesting if they had truly kept it as individual files and released yep. them online or whatever while the return was going on. Because like we joked earlier. It it does answer a lot of the questions that we had during the show about the little oh, yeah. the little nuance of the show, which I go back to Connor about your create your question about do we create our own you know continuity or canon? Um, how much do you think this book is fan service? It's a hard question. I mean, it's a lot of fan service. But what is fan service? Right, that's the question. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's let yeah. Let's define <laughs> let's define our parameters. Let's say that fan service is roughly. We did things because we know fans will like them, That's not fair. necessarily yeah. because it served the story. Yeah. Right. That's a good definition. That's a very good definition, actually. And so, I, yes. I don't think just returning to favorite characters or telling you what happened to them is necessarily fan service. I mean, the whole point of this thing is to sort of wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my biggest take on this, the overall, is that I think the story Mark Frost wanted to tell, as opposed to what the story David Lynch wanted to tell, is much closer to the story I wanted to see. Yeah. Well, I okay, I've I've been kicking around this metaphor since I read this because I finished it and I'm like, oh, there are all the answers to the questions we were debating. Now I feel kind of silly for wondering what happened to Audrey, for doubting whether maybe is that really Audrey? I mean, they never really said it was Audrey's son, right. and he flat out says it in here. Uh was it was it really Cooper? Oh, yep, definitely it was Cooper who who raped Audrey. Well, Mr. C Cooper. Yeah. Uh and and so after I was done, I thought, okay, this almost feels vindictive in a way <laughs> by Mark Frost. And I'm, I'm imagining, I'm imagining a scenario where Mark and David had their falling out. They come back together. They're like, okay, let's work together. And Mark's like, I know how I have to work with David. It's let him have his way. Right. So put the things that I want in front. And when David goes, no, I don't want to answer that question or no, I want to go to a different way. Just make a note. That goes in the book. <laughs> yeah, and also, and also, keep in mind that from the t as far as we know from the timeline was that Frost and Lynch worked on the, you know, the Bible or the the plan for the return for the first nine episodes, eight or nine episodes, right? And then at the and then they wrote them, and then they started production, and then after eight episodes, Frost left to go write this book, 
And that's when Lynch said, I need nine more episodes, and it, it ballooned up to 18 episodes, right? He got so, his chance, and he took it, and he expanded it. Yeah, exactly. Frost, Frost Plane hadn't even left the tarmac when <laughs> David Lynch is like, I need eight, eight more episodes. Um, and from what, you know, just from the, some of the stuff that we read online after the show came out, you know, like Tim Roth said that he was having so much fun with his character that he wanted to do more, and that's why we got that scene, the Tarantino-esque scene, right? It yeah. seems as if, and Lynch is very much a, a run and gun kind of shooter where like oh, stuff yeah. happens and he's like let's 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 roll with it you know so I, I gotta imagine that that I think it's I think it's a combination of you're right Tom like the the things that Lynch didn't want to do Frost is gonna explain him giving Connor the story that you wanted to read but then also Lynch was like I'm on my own I'm gonna do whatever I want and Frost doesn't even you know pay attention to that stuff which is you know so I, I would love to see what the breakdown of those beats that they agreed on versus what Lynch agreed to but I don't know if we'll ever see that uh, well, if he immediately went to write this book, one would assume that the questions answered in this book were never going to be in the return. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's a, that's a truism. That's logic there for you. Uh, <laughs> but and, and and it's also interesting in that I think that you know we got, I mean, we got a whole lot of confusing, you know, Dougie and and Mitchum mm-hmm. brother, Mitchum brothers, and all the Vegas stuff and stuff like that. But like we got Big Ed and Norma. Right, like I, that's what I always go yeah. back to. I feel like Big Ed and Norma shouldn't have happened on the show. It should have happened in the book, and I'm so glad it happened in the show. But like, th- based on what made it and what didn't make it, it's just like clearly it Lynch. Feel incongruous. Yeah, yeah. Lynch, Lynch agreed to some of it. Like he got he gets some of it. I think, but yeah. I think what the book reveals is a very deep affection for the town and the characters, even if everyone in the book has had a horrible life. Yeah. Well, um, well and also he, I still feel like he still. I think he. Lo- I mean. We, we talked about this when I was on the show for the finale. Like, I love the town and the characters in the town. And I, I, at times I felt like when I was watching The Return, Lynch couldn't have really cared less about the town and the key people in the town. Whereas reading this book, I really feel like Frost does. Yeah. And that's where I felt more, more attraction to this book than necessarily I did to the show. I'm just eyeballing this. And about three quarters of it uh, goes up to Major Briggs. And Major Briggs is kind of your transition point from the classic Twin Peaks characters to Philip Jeffries, which is kind of a fire walk with me slash return yep. uh, chapter, and then into Judy and Ray Monroe and today, right? Yeah, right? And then and then we're definitely in the return land, and that's that's just the very end of the book. And that's and that's also I think the weakest part of the book, to be honest with you. Like which I like part? the the from Major Briggs onward. Right, the the, mm. the tying it back to the return, the explanation of Judy and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You you get a real, I got a real sense of 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 reverence and of value and of depth with the other characters. You know, as we're we're hearing, you know, like I didn't think we'd find out what happened to Donna Hayward, but the book goes there, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, finding out what happened to Annie Blackburn and all these things like that. It also kind of, you know. N- not thin, not too thinly veiled opinion of season two by Mark Frost and a lot of stuff that he just he just outright dismiss, dismisses and makes fun of in this book. But um, yeah. but you get you get a sense, Connor, to your point of that love of the town and the characters, and we get to the major Briggs stuff, and it feels very just like, well, I guess I got to explain this stuff. It feels like you, you have to, otherwise yeah. it makes it won't tie into the show at all, and, and you know people people might get mad, but yeah, yeah, I mean it, it's tough. I like I, I liked I really liked reading this. It's just it yeah. made me a little bummed that like oh, I would have liked to have seen some of this been dealt with on the show. Yeah, but it didn't. So right. 
And and it's tough um, because well, so and it answered a lot of big questions for us, right? Like not only did it answer like we wondered where was Leo, and turns out he died in 1989 or, or died at whatever date that he died on. Let's talk he about Leo more, for a second. Okay. Yeah. Like, are, are we to believe that when they were all set up this crazy tarantula trap and then came back and shot him? Yeah, that's, that's what it posits. No, posits. I really feel like this was Mark Frost saying, "Yeah, that didn't make any sense." Yes. So he had spider bites on him, but. Everyone should know tarantulas are poisonous. Well, he, he, so it he couldn't he, have killed him. He brought us back Albert to tell to to, to tell us yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and that was great. The voice Albert's voice was terrific in that. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Yeah, um, I haven't liked. I mean, the details of like the the grease stained papers. Yep. Uh, but uh, that was it. Was an interesting way to open it. I thought uh, with Leo Johnson, but um, I'm gonna. I want to ask you on what you thought about the hairy file being so thin i mean again i'm surprised they even went there you know like i i feel like i feel like what what mark frost kind of did was he he balanced between what he had to explain right the major briggs judy philip jeffrey stuff right um balanced what you know they wanted to explain the haywards and the and the uh and the horns and and all that drama and all that sort of stuff and then there was stuff like well what are people going to want to know okay well they're going to want to know where harry is so let's just explain this right like and it's even like that's to this to this day even after watching the return the the harry thing is just like i really just wish they hadn't made like kept reminding us that he wasn't yes there, it felt know? mean yeah, it felt mean. Yes, and maybe that's a maybe that's a slam at Michael Onkeen, but like, right. it's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's gonna turn him into a tree. Yeah, it's true. Well, I, he, I th- he had good reason for that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like part of this was Mark Frost saying, "Okay, now I'm free not to deal with the fact that we're never bringing Donna back because the actors won't do it. That Michael Onkeen doesn't want to be Harry, and so he's like, yes, I get a chance." to explain what happened to Harry Truman. And I'm going to do that because I love that character. Yeah. But there really isn't much you can say. Right. So, you know, in a, in a normal edit, you probably just take that chapter out. Be like, eh, this doesn't really add that much. But I feel like, you know, yes, maybe it could be like, hey, Michael Ankeen, screw you. I could totally see that interpretation. But it could also be like, no, I just really love Harry. And and I need to give him his due. Even I, if he has yeah. to, he's he's one of the pillars of the show. I mean, yeah. he's, he's one of the faces of the show. I, the think it, I, I think it's a sentimentality of it, and like yes. you, you, I, I don't think if I, it's hard to put ourselves in Mark Frost's shoes, but I don't think he can write this yeah. without at least touching upon it, right? So, although I have to, I, I let out a howl when I got to the end and realized there was nothing on Hawk, there was nothing on Andy. Yep. I mean, nothing. I was shocked. Yeah. Well, that uh, there's one of those, when you got like the undercover dude whose name I can't even remember. Uh, Ray Monroe. Ray got a Monroe. Trial. Yeah, yeah. Well, because well, that was revealing something about Ray that we kind of suspected but didn't know for sure, right? Um, so, so I get why he had to go to Ray Monroe. Hawk gets the mention in Harry's report that that Frank is only coming back to fill the seat for a short period of time before Hawk takes over to make the transition. Which I'm like, why would you need that? Right. They like, should have just had Hawk be the sheriff. Yep. And then- yeah. Yeah. Uh, he could have had a kid named Wally Brando. That would have been fine. But Just you know, put Hawk in that scene. He would have done the same same thing. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Robert Forster was like, yeah, I can do it. Well, and David Lynch always wanted Robert Forster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Casting Robert Forster is more of a nephew to Michael Onkeen. <laughs> yeah, kind of is. <laughs> but in yeah, no, respect, I, I think yeah. you're right. Hawk could have been sheriff and had done all that stuff and it would have been fine. 
Yeah. Because basically he was the sheriff. Like, yeah. you can rewrite this entire thing without Frank. Yeah. Uh, so, in addition to um, finding what happened to Leo, we found out what happened to Donna. Uh, two of the big mysteries from the show that we've learned. One was, and I think I heard, being in L.A., I think I heard Mallory screaming from her house when, she, <laughs> when, we, when it was revealed who the billion, billionaire was. Yes. In a, in a moment that seems stunningly obvious. In hindsight, I, I I felt pretty dumb to not not put two and two together, especially when we saw a photo of him there. Right, uh, but the thing it brought me back to the point of the question of what was the point of all that? It just that it just wasted an entire. Yeah, I felt I just that whole billionaire plot bu- bugged me. I just feel like it wasted an entire first episode, but it's obviously revealed that the billionaire is Mr. C. Right, who well, was it was who it was old, a, that that whole box. I mean, its only function was to kill those two characters and get. Cooper through to the steam room. Right. And th- I mean, that's what happened. I mean, the, the, the purpose they, I was mean, he wanted, he, that, he wanted but... to catch, he wanted to catch Judy, right? Like that was, yeah, but I'm just saying the yeah. story, the story purpose, yeah. you know, all it does is, is, is help Cooper along in his journey. Yeah. And otherwise you don't need it. Cause it doesn't end up doing anything else. Right. Yeah. So a lot of time with those two kids, a lot of time with those two kids. It was very, oh man. That, I remember that night was excruciating. Oh. I really <laughs> liked her in heroes, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the other, the other mystery was Audrey, which, uh, turns out everyone was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, every who theory was who correct. It? Who would have thought it? <laughs> she was married to that guy and also at an institution. And he, yeah. he's an accountant, right? I was right with the accountant. People thought teacher. Yeah. I always thought accountant. Yeah. Um, Audrey, I have all this work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that actor a lot. Um, yeah, and then, but we don't know whether she's. I mean, because uh, the the book leaves it still open to interpretation, but it points very strongly that it's she's in in an institution, right, in a mental institution or whatnot. And and that makes me wonder if that's really what the man she married looks like and talks like and acts like, or is that her projection of him in her mental state? Right where she's angry, and so she makes him small and and seemingly right. maybe a little weak, and, and and maybe that's not maybe it's actually someone she can dominate as opposed to yeah 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 her yeah. her entire life right. yeah yeah it says here that she's uh, rumored to be in a private care facility, but none of the horns are revealing. So I mean I mean yeah clearly clearly. But what was the dancing? And that was in her head. That's what she wanted to be doing. Yeah. But yet, nah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> can't. I'm not going to spiral. Don't think about Let it. Let it out. Let it out. Um. So yes, yeah, so that, that was that. That was one of the big other mysteries. But I, I was surprised that it saw that the book also gave us the answer to the mystery, which again we were all right. Um. But in the epic episode eight, uh, the the girl with the that the little thing crawled into was in fact Laura's mother. Yeah. Well, and and this is one thing where if. I don't know if I felt differently about the return. If I loved every second of it, yeah. uh, I might be disappointed at this, right? Because I that was one mystery I kind of enjoyed toying around with. And if there ever are more episodes, I'd like to see more along the lines of what happened to that girl. And Mark Frost is like, nope, Laura's mom. Yeah. <laughs> done. <laughs> done and done. It really, it really yeah. kind of closes the book on it. Like, oh, no, that's yeah. what it was, right? Yeah. So, um, but the, but, but the, so, so we, you know, Mr. C being the billionaire, Laura's mom. We find out what happened to Audrey. We find out, you know, the little, the little bits and pieces that we, you know, like how Doctor Jacoby became Doctor Amp, and we find out what happened to Annie, which I felt was like a little, like I don't really care. 
And, you know, yeah. like, and it's, and, it, and to Connor, to your point, it's awful. Everything, every awfulness happened to everyone. And, you know, Annie's just a catatonic where all she says is, I'm fine, which is like, a I little... actually really like that. That was a really creepy Twin Peaks detail that at once yeah. a year she says, I'm fine answering, yeah. you know, how's Annie? Yeah. I, that actually was really unsettling when I read it. Yeah. It might have been where, where I stopped for the night that time. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. It's fine. Um, yeah. I like that detail too. Yeah. But the, um, but the, the the other point that I thought was uh, was really interesting, which now I'm losing, Laura's mother. Oh, I had the train of thought. Is now it Donna? No, Donna was not a not a surprise. I was. I will tell you, I was surprised. Oh yeah, no, I'll tell you. Is that well? This is the biggie, but uh, confirming that Laura doesn't die. Like at, well, yeah. at, at the end of at the end of Tammy's dossier, she says that you know in the newspaper it refers to Laura Palmer's disappearance, and then it basically tells us what happened after the moment that Cooper pulled Laura from the timeline, and we're confirmed that she never washed up on the shore. She was never at the train car at Ronette. She goes missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leland goes crazy after a year of her being gone. Like it, it you know it, it rewrote history, but Tammy seems to remember what happened, but no one else in Twin Peaks does. But um, only temporarily. She even says she's starting to it's starting to get hazy. It's watching his, you know, reality's rewriting itself as we read the book. Right. Um, but yeah, Leland kills himself. Uh, Cooper was only briefly in the town. Yep. To investigate, um, it really does upend the entire show at the end. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Which I mean, we, that's we, we we theorize that, but yes. Yeah, I mean, like I, it, it, on one degree, it's like cool, we were right. On the other hand, it's like, well, I don't want to know I'm right. <laughs> yeah i i it, and again if i felt differently about the return if for instance it had been really heavy on twin peaks and i'd spent so much time reconnecting with these characters i'd be devastated at the idea that that was all wiped out that cooper never came but there's something about the return where i'm like yeah but i mean nothing nothing stays the way it is forever in this world so not going to be too devastated. It's an alternate reality. There's right. one where she died and one where she lived. Yeah. Um, the the other interesting thing, not to do with the major kind of story beat like that, but kind of a nitpick, was I, I didn't expect that we would revisit, uh, what's her name from Miss Twin Peaks, uh, Lana, Right. Oh yeah. Uh, so not only did I think that we wouldn't we wouldn't revisit her, but I didn't I didn't expect there to be a Trump swipe in it. Well. So permeating she, our entire lives. Yeah, so I, mean, I follow has, Mark Frost on Twitter. It doesn't shock me. Not at all. Yeah. So she 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 briefly dates a notorious resident of a tower on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was like, oh man, I, I could have done without that. That's but that was I mean I really liked that, but that was before I realized that some people weren't going to be in the book. And then by the end, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know about Andy. You put Lana and no Andy. But I guess the point is this dossier is talking about the damaged characters, the characters with unresolved problems or pain. Andy seemed like he was doing good. Hawk seemed like he was doing good. I mean, I think that's the people who who are left out are the people who didn't have any troubles to tell. Bobby Briggs to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't really. I mean, he's sort of in it within the Shelley chapter. But yeah, uh, again, we don't know what happened. Like we, we, so they got together, they got married. We don't know really what happened after that, which is fine. Right, that's fine. We didn't get. I, I thought there'd be more Carl Rod, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I mean Carl's clearly a, a Lynch character. Yeah. Although he's in the he's in the Secret History book. Yeah, and it's great. That's, that's yeah. Why, yeah, I thought that I thought that's why we'd get more of him here, but I guess guess not. You know. But uh, the uh, what to me one of the big um, 
devastating reads was Hawk's eulogy for Margaret. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a really that's, great. It was a really great chapter. That's just a real eulogy for her. It's touching. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this for yeah. sure. It's just it's, but I would it wouldn't be Twin Peaks if it wasn't a little frustrating. Yeah. Well, so so speaking of frustrating, so it does go into you know to Major Briggs and it goes into Judy and it goes into Philip Jeffries. Do you feel as if you understand all of that any better with this book? Yes and no for me. Uh, what he goes into crystallizes and solidifies some of the things I thought, especially about uh, Philip Jeffries and and where he went, why he showed up in the office, right. uh, why he's still hanging around, who he who was on the phone with Philip Jeffries, why Ron was on the phone with Philip Jeffries, or sorry, Ray was on the phone. You were <laughs> I was never on, on the, the phone, phone with Philip Jeffries. <laughs> <laughs> why Connor was on the phone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And so, so what's touched on in there? Yes. Uh, and maybe it's a symptom of the fact that David Lynch then inflated the story by twice the episodes, but it definitely does not solve all my questions about what was going on, uh, with Diane and why Cooper left her at the motel. And was he actually in the lodge at the time in the motel? And when he saw Laura, had he gone back into real life? And, and all of that is still very hazy for me. Yeah. Connor. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it was nice figure finding out that Jeffries was the son of an aristocratic Virginia family. (laughs) That's how Um, he got that accent (laughs) uh, by way of somewhere in England. But, um, (laughs) I mean, the Virginia Judy stuff, was settled by the English. <laughs> the Judy stuff, where she's the female counterpart to Bial, who was Beelzebub, who was the devil. I mean, sure, it, it didn't really. It's still there's, you know, I don't know. Um, it's almost like you need more of that kind of thing to make that stand, right? Yeah. I guess. I guess I was. I was thinking this is all about lesser demons. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think they were getting into the devil territory. I would like um, a a book about devil territory. Like, I mean, maybe I don't really want this, but I, part of me wants like, tell me what the Black Lodge is and what the White Lodge is and what the right. waiting room is, and like, you know, go into all of that mythology and and give me the the because there's so many questions around that, and I don't feel like we spent that much time on the White and Black Lodge. To be honest, it it felt more like we were creating new areas uh, to hang out in for the return. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, I like the Jerry chapter. Yeah, the Jerry chapter was fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Jerry Jerry wasn't like his life was okay. Yeah, Jerry was alright. He was one of the few people in here that didn't have like a horrible No, that's true. Horrible he, part two. He, he just some, gets a little lost and traumatized. That's about it. He found some happiness up until the moment. Yeah. But um so I don't know. I mean it's funny because it's like I feel after reading the secret history, I had very high hopes for this book. I was disappointed by the thinness of it and the lack of of the mixed media. Like I thought there'd be more photos and like yeah. all that sort of stuff. But it, it answered the, it answered a lot of the things that that bugged us throughout the, throughout the return. So it it, it becomes a, a nice companion piece to it. But I wonder who who's the, you know, Connor another who's this for? Is this for all of us <laughs> nerds who just want answers to everything, or is this required reading for the return? I don't think it is. I think it's it's the it's the little it's the cherry on top, right? It's a little it, you can you can explore the world the the town of Twin Peaks a little more and get some more of the answers that you wanted. But you could watch the return and never read this and be fine 
I think. Yes, yeah. but I also, I, also, I also think it's for people like me who are a little bummed that the return was less about Twin Peaks and more about Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the people who didn't, you know, who wanted more at a Big Ed and Norma. Yeah. This uh, is Cooper's tapes on steroids. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It was, I mean, it's, it's not required reading. I mean, obviously, if you're a fanatic and you're listening to this podcast, maybe you are. Uh, then you should definitely read it. But yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, of, I, all, of all people, this this book is made for us. Like everyone listening yeah. to this, and every you know, like, and I'm sure many of you have already read it already. Or, or if you haven't, I would tell. I mean, if someone who listens to this podcast and hasn't read it, I would say yes, go read it. Yeah, and by the way, if you haven't read it, it's a little late for us to tell you we're spoiling spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, as someone who is who very fanatically believes there's going to be more Twin Peaks. Does this book take the wind out of any further Twin Peaks? I do. I, I mm, okay. I, first, let's back up. I don't. How did you phrase it just now? I, I fanatically. I'm, I don't fanatically fanat- believe. I don't fanatically the believe there will be more Twin Peaks. I think out of all of us, I am the one who will be least surprised because I think that the way they ended the return definitely lit, left the door open to do more, and I think that it would have nothing to do with the town of Twin Peaks, so to speak. Like, I think, I, I so yes, I, I, I don't think this book closes, I don't think this book closes the door on Twin Peaks forever. I would not be surprised if we get more Twin Peaks. That's an close, interesting it, thought. It might close the door on the Log Lady and Hawk and the, the world of Twin Peaks as we know it, but I think Twin Peaks now has become... Judy and and dimension hopping and all that sort of stuff and not coffee and donuts. So Twin Peaks twenty forty nine at some point in the future. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, if there is more Twin Peaks, it may never take place in Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, it's the, the return ends with them in Twin Peaks. Just we just don't know what year it is, and the timeline has changed. So it's yeah. <laughs> but it might pick up with them, you know, hitting the road, heading to Vegas, meet up with the Mitchums. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have in the past two months, I have gone back and watched the Mitchum brothers and the Pink Ladies uh, doing the conga in the insurance office because that's just a moment of brilliance. (laughs) (laughs) They are definitely the part of the return that that feels like the real Twin Peaks experience, which is watching it. Not having a clue what you're seeing, not sure if you liked it or not, but thinking maybe it was kind of cool because it was so weird, and then sticking in your brain later and becoming, for me, one of the most treasured memories that I identify with the return. <laughs> yep, I'm there with you. I'm right there with you. So, so Connor, I'll throw it back to you. Do you think that this yeah. is the the end of Twin Peaks? E, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's saying that knowing that. You know, in this media landscape, nothing can, nothing ever ends. But I think most likely what you said is correct: is that if it ever does return, it won't be, it won't be the, the return. It won't be back to Twin Peaks. It'll be in the world, but not in the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think this closes the chapter on the town of Twin Peaks and the characters that we know and love. Yes. Yeah. Tom, I, uh, I, there's a lot of ways to approach this. I I think David Lynch and Mark Frost would want to do more episodes together under the right conditions. Those conditions are not conditions that are definitely going to pertain. Uh, so there's that, there's a big hill to climb there. Sounds like Showtime liked this. The earnings for Showtime were great for the quarter that Twin Peaks was on. Yep. They got a lot of subscriptions. So they're probably willing to play ball in some respect. Then there's whether David Lynch is 
you know, going to live long enough to see another project like this. And I don't mean to be morbid. I, he's not he's, sick or anything, but he's 71, right? Like you just never know with, with, with anyone that age. Um, and then there's the, okay, if David Lynch and Mark Frost are dead someday, let's say they don't make it to the singularity. Does somebody decide to like reboot Twin Peaks altogether somehow? Oh God, that's when I burn this town to the ground. <laughs> So, I, mean, I mean, that I, might be the thing that breaks me. I think after all <laughs> after all of those considerations, I'd say there's a 27% chance that Lynch and Frost bring us more Twin Peaks. Yep. I think there's a, I'd say it's even a higher percentage chance that someday, maybe even after we're dead, maybe there's like a 47% chance that there's more Twin Peaks ever. So you're going to tell us that our uh, kids are going to be talking about Twin Peaks Discovery? Look at the Fast and the Furious, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, but I'm saying look at Star Trek, right? Like a yeah. beloved series, and you know, and, and Gene Ronberry's long gone, but it lives on because the the creation mm-hmm. is bigger than the creator, right? That's true. You know, and so are we going to get you know a, a to Connor's point, Twin Peaks 2049 or or Twin Peaks Discovery, right? <laughs> that has nothing to do. You know, it's going to be you know some loose connection, Colin McLaughlin's kid or something like that, and you know, <laughs> yeah. oh man. No. <laughs> that I think that will happen. I think with the state of media and all and estates and things like that. I mean, if we're still getting Jimi Hendrix albums to this day, like we're still that's going to happen. But that's another conversation. So, and also I think just the reason why I think this is the close of this particular this particular world is because, as we said, you know, these actors are either no longer with us or they're very old. And yeah, uh, it's not. You're right. It's not just Lynch. It's 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 also the actors. Yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, it was a question we we grappled with, at, with the Force Awakens. You know, do we yeah. want to see a seventy-one-year-old Han Solo running down down the hallway? Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to see a ninety-five-year-old? not hawk? very good at running down thin. <laughs> at least getting through doors. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, do you want to see a ninety-one-year-old? You know, Sheriff Hawk. I don't know. I mean, it may be really sad, but yeah. it may be really awesome. I just, but I just think it's unlikely. Yeah. All right. Well, so Twin Peaks, the final dossier, final words. Uh, final question mark. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down, Connor? It's a thumbs up. It's a fun read for sure. Okay. Yeah. Tom? Oh, yeah. Thumbs up for me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. lo- loved getting the answers and loved the, the way it was presented. Uh, even if it could have, you know, had a few bells and whistles that, that might have made it even better. It was great. Thumbs up for me too. Yeah, it was it was great yeah. to revisit these old friends and yeah, it was three it was, thumbs up. Yeah. So all right. So so forty nine episodes one year later. Here we are. Wow. <laughs> uh we do not know what we will do for episode fifty. <laughs> but, but but purely but to keep Connor sane, compulsive, <laughs> all three of us, I think, to not do an episode fifty. I yelled at Ron when he said this might be the last one. I was like, "You can't end on forty nine. <laughs> I won't be able to sleep." Uh, but but Ron and I have kicked around a few ideas. Uh, so there will likely be. You may not know if there's more Twin Peaks, but there will likely be more damn fine podcast. Uh, you can comment on what form you would like that to take at damnfinepodcast.com or email us feedback at damnfinepodcast.com. Uh, thanks to everybody who has supported us on Patreon, patreon.com slash damnfinepodcast. Uh, the Slack is still going. If you have access, pop on in, say hello, talk to some other fans. We're on Twitter at damnfinecast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash damnfinepodcast. Connor Kilpatrick, thank you so much for joining us. 
You're welcome. And if I could pitch you guys what I think you should do going forward, I'd like yeah, to yeah. do that right now. At I think you should turn this show into a radio drama <laughs> in which you two take the story of Twin Peaks forward. <laughs> so, so so Tom gets to be Hawk and I get to be Andy? Just do whatever. You, you, guys write the, you guys write it, cast and produce it, and it has to be really high quality, but you do it every week, and you do it forever, and then you just keep telling the story. Hawk, I think that's there's the trouble at the double R. <laughs> <laughs> Come quick. Oh. And you uh, have sound effects. You can you can have you know some guy in the back and moving, making uh, thunder. Yeah, yeah. You can fully the crap out of it. If you want these guys to do that, email them at <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> feedback at damn podcast. Okay. No, but seriously though, seriously, make sure you're following us on Twitter and on Facebook uh, because if we're gonna plan something for the fiftieth and you want to get involved in that, that's a good place to keep an eye on it. So keep following us on your social on your social media. And uh, we'll keep you posted of our plans for the 50th episode and beyond. Connor, where should people find you? They can find me uh, at ifanboy.com with the weekly podcast there. And you can also find me on Instagram at CSKillpatrick. Thanks for listening to A Damn Fine Podcast. Tune in next time for something. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Thanks for joining us. Connor, I'm Tom. I'm Ron. <laughs>